welcome to the Simon Tumier podcast. Very happy to be speaking to the fabulous fiddler Sarah Jane Summers today. Um, if you enjoy these podcasts, please support my patron at patreon.com forward slash Simon Tumier. And also, I've listened back to this and Sarah Jane's mic is great on this, but I pressed the wrong button. But you can still hear me. But Sarah Jane's the most important person here. <laughs> uh, today I'm with Sarah Jane Summers. Uh, I'm in Glasgow and she's in Norway. Hi, Sarah Jane. Hello. <laughs> Simon. Uh, I'm very good, thanks. It's amazing uh, asking you there about, uh, I usually in the podcast I say, what's new? Uh, what's your new product? And I just loved what you said there. You said you're you're just back after maternity leave and everything's new. That's really exciting. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of exciting and terrifying. I mean that literally everything's new, just like even wondering what time you're going to be woken up at. And <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, just uh, I came off maternity leave just before Christmas. And uh, so at um, Celtic Connections was in January I played at I think it was three festivals and um, so it was really just like back to work with a bang I played at this Baroque at the Edge and festival in London with a Norwegian singer and then up to Celtic Connections was there for a couple of weeks and then went to France to play at a Baroque Music Festival, another one. <laughs> and um, so it, it was just really like full on and this time with a baby in tow. So uh, it was quite exciting. Oh, I, and I came along to your Celtic Connections gig with the hour set and that was, I really loved it. And I know it was a repeat of the commission from a couple of years back. Yeah, we. I got asked by Donald Shaw to um, do one of these new voices commissions. And I had always fancied doing one. And um, so when he asked, I really had to think about it, actually, because it was such short notice and the diary was already really full. And um, and I just was like, oh, OK, I have to go for it. And uh, just just totally loved the writing process and got together a bunch of fantastic musicians who are all really good pals. and. And uh, they just took the music and made it even better than I ever could have imagined. So, um, yeah, I am so grateful to them for absolutely giving it all their, their all. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Oh, well, it just sounded really great. I think I, when I wrote the review for it, I was mentioning the trumpet player as well in the band, who I thought was fabulous. Oh, Hayden's absolutely brilliant. And um, he, um, Hayden Powell, he's a jazz trumpet player who was brought up in Norway um, to English parents. But actually, his grandmother, one of his grandmothers, was a Gaelic speaker from Iona. And he always said that she would sing, she would diddle all this weird music and this kind of weird tonality. And, um, and then he met me in Norway and I would be diddling exactly the same kind of rhythms, like the Distress-Bay-type rhythms and um, and the same tonalities. And he was just like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and um, he really seems to have it in the blood. So he's he's brilliant. He just fires out the jigs and reels and uh, as if he's done it all his life. <laughs> yeah, very lyrical player. Oh, yeah, yeah. Absolutely gorgeous sound. But I think I think all the players are amazing. Just um, I, I think they're all I sit and listen to them all. They're, listen to their albums for fun at home. I'm so inspired by them all. So when I pulled them all together, it was a 
it's a bit of an odd lineup, perhaps, for a trad gig, but um, it's um, a Swedish accordionist, Leif Ottesson, and uh, his partner, uh, Bridget Marsden, who is a fiddle player. And uh, then my husband, Johanny Silvola, on guitar, a Norwegian bass player, Morten Kvam, and myself on fiddle, and then obviously Hayden on trumpet. So it's quite an unusual lineup, and um, I really had to, I, I learned a lot. I didn't know anything about writing for, for transposing instruments or about writing, <laughs> I didn't know anything about writing for accordion. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, it sounded amazing, actually. And we should say that if you are interested in listening to that, you can uh, visit sierra-janesummers.com and you can find out how to buy it. That's right, yeah. So yeah. when I was uh, reading about uh, you know, where you've come from and everything, and because uh, I was speaking to Adam Sutherland today, who was, mm. like yourself, taught by Donald Riddle, I was interested to read that he was taught by a relative, is that right, of yeah. yours, Alexander yeah. Grant of Battengorm. Yeah, uh, so do yeah, Donald Riddle was, uh, as you said, taught by a, a distant relative of mine, um, but a, a relative nonetheless, um, Alexander Grant of Battengorm, who is from Stras Bay and uh, from Battengorm, which is basically a, a just a wee bunch of stones now. <laughs> and um, so, yeah, he when I, when I first went to Donald's for a lesson, he started to cry because he was so emotional that he got to give the gift back to the gift of the tradition back to my family. And uh, so it's been a really meaningful connection that the whole of my life. Oh, that's amazing. And did you get much time with Donald? Yeah, I got, I started when I was, what, gosh, nine, I think. And Donald died when I was 15. So I, I, I definitely, I got a lot of time and he was, he was a massive inspiration. And, you know, I think this is a sign of a good teacher because he still is a massive inspiration for me. He, he was so dedicated to the tradition and um, he didn't just teach tunes, he taught the tradition. And, uh, and so he taught the stories surrounding the tunes and, and, um, and everything was linked to the local area. And uh, so you really, f you, you'd be driving along and my mum would be saying, oh yeah, that's where, that's where that tune's from. Or this, that, you know, you know who he's talking about. You know who that part, that tune's about. And you really felt that you were living inside the tradition. Oh, so, mm, yeah. And so I, 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 I remember Donald used to say, there are two ways to play a tune, the right way and the wrong way. And uh, and he was that passionate about it. There was uh, very clear ideas about bowing, for example. And when we played in the Highlands Just Being Real Society, everybody played the same bowing. And um, yeah, I mean, there are many, many schools of thought, but he was really dedicated and passionate about about his way of thinking. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. And, and, and would you say that he influenced you to make the decision to become a professional musician? Gosh, you know, I don't really know how that decision came about. I guess it was just a series of life events. But, uh, of course, Donald gave me the grounding 
to have the confidence to 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 step on stage and and believe in what I was doing and feel like I actually have something really meaningful to to say and to share with other people. I really I'm I'm so passionate about the tradition. That's amazing. So what was uh, what would you say that what was the first band once you finally made these decisions? What was what was what was your first performance experience uh, apart from the Strasbourg Society? Gosh, I don't know. I don't have a clue. I played at a lot of Kayleys uh, for a number of years and uh, did a lot of teaching. And uh, then I played in a band called Freebo with uh, Norwegian singer Anna-Sophia Lingevaldal and Ewan McPherson. We we toured quite a lot for a few years. And then, um, ironically, because I was playing in a band with a Norwegian, but when I moved to Norway, that was a natural a natural kind of end to that band for me and uh, then I played in Rant for a number of years and um, I just so I was a founder member of Rant and played on their first two albums and um, I absolutely loved playing with those girls they're amazing and uh, again I think the the distance thing was uh, meant that you know it was more natural for me to end up looking to, to end up doing more Norway-based projects. So how did you end up then doing the, a master's degree? Yeah, <laughs> I met my husband, Johanny. Um, he's a fantastic musician. I met him at a festival that I was playing at with Freebo in Norway. It was this festival, it's right up in the mountains. And I remember it was June. And um, I remember texting with Lauren McCall and she was on holiday in Italy with her mum at the time or her family. And she was saying, yeah, we're sitting outside drinking red wine and eating pizza and it's like so many degrees hot. And I replied saying, well, I put my hat, gloves and scarf on and run th ran through the snow to get to the, the building with breakfast this morning. And she thought I was joking. And it was like, no, this is totally serious. <laughs> so um, that's where I met my husband. And then uh, he was talking about moving to Scotland. And I then he told me about this master's degree at the music school in Oslo. And it was quite a new course. And I just had this feeling of, I want to do that. I totally want to do it. And I'd never had the opportunity to study uh, traditional music at degree level. Not that you need to, but uh, I just thought it sounded like a, an amazing opportunity, amazing thing to do with your life, to just practice. And um, so I had been teaching at the junior academy at the what was then the, the RSAMD in Glasgow. And I remember just feeling like, my goodness, the people that I'm teaching have had way more lessons that I have, than I have had now. And I just really felt like actually I just I want to be I want to be the one who gets lessons now, even though I was in my early thirties at that point. And um, so Johanny told me about that course, and I applied, and they let me in. So I did a I did a master's in Norwegian folk music and free improvisation on Hardanger fiddle, which is pretty random. <laughs> <laughs> did you have to learn Norwegian for that? Yeah, and uh, the my teacher Håkon Hagmo, he was he's a total fiddle hero of mine, and he for the first month he spoke to me in English, which was I think I had lessons once a fortnight, so I think that was two lessons. And then one day I went to my lesson, and he was standing outside the room, 
actually having an argument with somebody on the phone and he came into the room in a bad mood and um, he's an extremely nice man by the way (laughs) (laughs) he came into the room and he shouted at me in Norwegian now you have to speak Norwegian and I thought well this is fine if you have the patience to you know put up with my rubbish Norwegian and teach me fiddle at the same time then this is brilliant so then suddenly the language was Norwegian and uh and he speaks a crazy dialect, and uh, like most Norwegians would struggle to understand him. But it was kind of fun for me because I would stop, and if I didn't understand a word, I'd stop. And often it was the same as it would be in Scots. And so, um, so I realised then that Scots is this kind of missing link between Norwegian and English. And um, so that was really interesting for me, and that opened up a, a little passion of mine, which is uh, just seeing the links between Scots and Old Norse. Yeah, well, that was it. And of course, that was what your hour set had a lot of these links as well, didn't it? Yeah, the the theme for our set, our set itself is the Scots were to to translate and in Norwegian it's overset. So you can see that they sound almost identical. And um, so the theme for our set was Scots or and Gaelic words that originate from Old Norse. So, oh. so uh, when did you get into the free improvisation? Yeah, not quite sure. I think that's been a, I think that's been a, a, a kind of a simmering under the surface my whole life. My, uh, I played the piano. I still do, but um, I, I used to play a lot of piano as a teenager, and I was really into playing twentieth-century music. On the piano so I was really into more abstract more atonal or or different tonalities different rhythms so um it just I don't know I think it was simmering under the surface and if, if I was recording on somebody's album as a session musician then often you come to this bit and be like okay can you just do some kind of improvisation here and then I would end up doing these improvisations and people would just be like wow where did that come from I thought you were a trad player like hardcore trad only <laughs> and um and Johanny said to me for years Jane, you've got to you've got to take this seriously you've actually got something going on and I'd just be like yeah 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 whatever <laughs> and then um I got some funding to, from Norway to go to Montreal for a, a couple of weeks on, on an inspiration tour and um and I coincidentally had a gig at the same time. So then I used the funding to bring you, honey, with me. <laughs> and we had this amazing trip to Montreal. And um, and we went, and every single night we went to a different concert and went to lots of free improvised gigs and, and uh, met lots of people. And it was just it's this really cool scene there. And, um, and so I, after a couple of weeks, I felt like, okay, I saw some absolutely mind-blowing music and I saw some some improvisation that I just thought, well, you know, actually the way that inspires me is is that I think I can I can do just as well or maybe even slightly better. <laughs> and, um, and so when we came home, uh, Johanny ha- then had a little studio in town in Oslo and it was our wedding anniversary and we were just kind of kicking about, what will we do today? And um, and then he said, I'll tell you what, your viola's sitting in my studio, why don't we just go and 
I'm just going to hit record and you're just going to improvise. And so we just went and we did this every day for a few weeks. And um, and I ended up with an album, Ver, which is another album of uh, words, actually, that are uh, Scots words inspired from Old Norse. But these were all weather related words. And um, um, it ended up being like uh, Fiona Talkington's album of the year on Late Junction. And it, it, and it got an, a fantastic review in The Wire. And it was like this whole world opened up for me and I got asked to write, to do the music for uh, like an art, video arts in installation and for a, a BBC animation and all on the back of this. And it was really just totally unexpected. And uh, yeah, <laughs> and it, I guess I, I just felt like I was so, so real playing playing this music because not all emotions can obviously be expressed through four bar eight bar 16 bar phrases with uh with chord progressions some emotions are are much rawer or yeah just can't quite be expressed like that and i i went through a really tough time with um recurrent miscarriage for years and years and years and i think it all just kind of tied together that i I was living through these really tough, raw experiences. And um, it ended, I guess it was only natural that as a musician it would find an outlet in my music somehow. That's, a, that's absolutely amazing. That's, <laughs> a, that's amazing. Also available at com. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> Keep my mum going to the post office. <laughs> at the start of this chat, you mentioned Baroque as well what's that what's baroque <laughs> <laughs> what is your baroque gig yeah um well various things actually um i played at this um baroque at the edge festival and at the beginning of january with a norwegian singer called susanna susanna valamra and uh, she's just a really inspiring fantastic singer her and she does anything from Purcell to, I don't know, her own compositions to just, she does anything and um, just really puts her own very strong stamp on it. I play the music of this album with her. This um, is called Go Dig My Grave, this album. And it's all very slow, poignant music and absolutely beautiful. I'm so lucky to play with her. <laughs> and are you playing in a, a, a traditional style or are you just being no, you? No, no, I'm I'm actually playing mainly viola and that. And so a lot of soundscapes, a lot of the more improvised sounds again. And um, so we we also played at Celtic Connections. So it's it it fits in there. It's, it's, it's music that I think any open-minded audience any listener will I would say love <laughs> but I might be slightly biased and then uh, so that was one Baroque festival and then at the beginning of February I went to France uh, to Nantes and played with um, a Belgian uh, Baroque group and um, it's the Richard consort we played at this crazy um, classical music festival actually yeah that's it. it was a classical music festival in Nantes and there were 143,000 visitors there were like armed guards at the, at the gate and uh, you, you 
couldn't even the baby had its own artist pass <laughs> it was totally mental so yeah so I just went to Belgium and uh, recorded an album with them a couple of weeks ago and then Norway the day after we got home just closed everything and um, and because we had been out with the Nordic countries then we were just placed in immediate quarantine so we're still sitting in quarantine because of that album <laughs> But you're allowed to you're allowed to be quarantined in your own house. Yeah, that is oh my god, that is actually really nice. Just sitting practicing all the time. It's magic. Because <laughs> <laughs> you, honey, you, honey, and I play as a duo together, and uh, so it's brilliant. We've been really struggling to find the time to um, to get together all the music for our third album, which we're going to record imminently. And um, now we've had all the time in the world to just finish getting all the, all the music together. So that's our next thing is uh, to record our our next album, our next duo album together. Well, that's, that's very exciting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it, it's been blissful. Just, uh, yeah, we're in quarantine. Here's an album. <laughs> <laughs> well, it sounds like you've already got the title. <laughs> yeah. yeah, 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 maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's fantastic, Sarah Jane. What, a, what an interesting time you're having. Yeah, I, I feel really lucky. I, I do a lot of writing as well, so I do a lot of composition. And I, I, now, now actually, I, I got a stipend to um, to write. So um, I have a stipend for twelve months. So I everybody's gigs have been cancelled and and of course I've lost quite quite a lot of gigs as well but I have this stipend there which is really nice this this, this basis covering oh, things. That's amazing. Is that from the Norwegian government? Uh, yeah from the Arts Council here it's really amazing from a it's like the composers something or other. <laughs> no, you know, well that sounds good and what, what is the outcome of that? Is there a set outcome? Yeah, I have to produce a 45-minute work for um, for fiddle um, or and or hardanger fiddle and string quartet. So that's uh, a lot of strings. <laughs> well, I look forward to hearing that. <laughs> yeah, I'm intrigued. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> I wish I could hear it now so I could write it more quickly. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks very much. Yeah, thank you too.